Hail Cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I am on the team sheet this week. Talk to me about your feelings when you learned that <laughs> yeah. Holland was not going to be on the city team sheet. Now the tweets go out, sort of like side-eye, who's your vice, who's first on your bench. Yeah. Now, I was surprised to look at your team, and yeah. well, surprise is not quite the right word, but um, tell me how strategic it was to put the vice on Julian Alvarez for you. Well, it was kind of... I mean, it, it wasn't a great decision in the end. I mean, it looks worse because Salah gets two attacking returns after the 80th minute, right, of the of the Palace match. I mean, I thought I thought that might be kind of a cagey match, which it was and, until the red card. Um, and my thinking was that I wanted whoever was going to be the forward uh, in the in the Man City match. And then, of course, uh, but I just I maybe mean, I just got a little too cute. Um, it wasn't, uh, I, you know, honestly, it's it's a shame because I had a really good game week and I'm up and um, it's sort of colored by the fact that I got. I mean, this is just how this is how the Premier League is, right? You're you're not there's there's absolutely no requirement to release any injury news or tell anybody how what the, the health levels of any of your players. Um, and so every week you kind of just have no idea uh, who's going to be healthy or not. And so uh, that is, uh, you know, it was, it was a bit of a bummer. And I think I honestly just thought Holland was going to play, to be quite honest with you. Um, I just thought even mm-hmm. if he didn't start, he would he would come off the bench. And the fact that he just didn't travel at all was a bit of a surprise for me, especially considering they lost the um, the Villa match, right? And so I, I probably just didn't put as much thought into it as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, I got, a, and I got an assist from Alvarez. In the end, it cost me eight points, which is not the end of the world. I finished on, um, I think, 55 points on the game week. I'm up. I'm up uh, for the third week in a row, I think. And I'm at, nice. yeah, I'm at 1.3 million. I was at 1.9, 1.93 going into game week 13. So in three game weeks, I've I've gained more than 600,000 spots. So that feels good. Uh, you know, it feels like it's you know, three green errors in a row. Uh, I've basically chopped off like a third of my overall rank. Um, and so, uh, another example, we, we sort of talk about it all the time, but it's nice to see, see it in action, right? That you're only ever a couple of game weeks away from like a, a massive jump, right? In terms of overall rank. I mean, it's you know, 600,000 spots. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not nothing, right? I mean, even if, uh, even if there's a handful of dead teams in there, in theory, there are other people who are trying as hard as you, right? And you were able to, uh-huh. to to jump over them. So, um, so yeah, I feel pretty pretty good about that. Uh, Sun has been um, really the star, and the fact that his ownership remains kind of surprisingly low, I think, has been really helpful, right? Just the, he's just he's been so consistently strong. I mean, getting ten points away to Man City, seventeen in the Newcastle match today, like the. I mean, that one couldn't have worked out better, right? Because he gets the 17 points and then gets subbed off in the 90th minute and then 91st Spurs just concede a goal out of nothing, right? Just like total, just kind of shaggy goal. Um, mm-hmm. So that that knocks Poro off of uh, four points. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, it. you know, I feel feel okay about my game week in general. Um, I think, uh, you know, the uh, Palmer transfer did not work out, sadly. Um, uh, Huang uh, blanked. LaSalle, I got LaSalle's off my bench for Holland for a minus one. So that was fun. Uh, Fabian mm-hmm. Sharp, zero. Um, oh, the okay. Uh, Jedi, Anthony Robinson. That is like the one really good transfer I've made this season. He, <laughs> I've started him three times. And in those three matches, I've gotten two clean cheats and an assist. 
um, kind of spread across those three matches. And he keeps getting subbed early, too, which is like the dream, right? They're up, you know, 3 nil, 4 nil, 5 nil. I mean, they're just absolutely destroying people right now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, uh, we, keep, we got a yeah, question from our Patreon supporter, Shane, who asks, uh, what black magic did Brandon conjure up for Fulham to become peak Real Madrid? And who's his next target? Of course, flashback to the always cheating hot take <laughs> yeah. pod when I thought, oh, Fulham will be the lowest scoring Premier League side for the rest of the season. Yep. And now they've scored uh, five goals in the last two matches. And if you look at the yep. last four, it's an insane number of goals. And it's like that is leading to this uh, incredible tight organization in the midfield and the defense is, is very strong. Leno remains stout. My theory, Josh, is that uh, Fulham really took that Liverpool three, four results personally, like yeah. Michael Jordan last dance style. And yeah. they are exacting their revenge on the rest of the league after that. It's kind of interesting, right? Because sometimes when you lose a game like that, right, they were up, what was it like three, two in the 85th yeah. minute, something like that. It was very, very yeah. late in that game uh, after the 80th minute anyway, I think. And um, yeah, I feel like sometimes when that happens, you're like, well, that's, that's the last we'll see of them for a while, right? But they really, um, they've been, yeah, they've been, they've been fantastic. The last two in particular, they've just been, they've been awesome. So, yeah, what I mean, what did turn around? Because I mean, there were some questions for us for today's pod about about Jimenez, and um, you know, we've talked about the Fulham defense for a while now, and I think in some cases the Fulham def- defense looking better is is simply a matter of them having good home fixtures, right? Like mm-hmm. it's sort of, sometimes it's that straightforward, but is there some change in the attack? Is there like a, is there a fantasy lens to look at it where you're sort of like a little more, I don't know. I mean, Jimenez, right? Like we all love Jimenez mm-hmm. and he effectively stopped being a fantasy asset when he got that massive head injury, which uh, was horrible, right? A terrible moment. And, uh, and it kind of took him out of the game for a couple of years, but then he scored a really nice headed goal yesterday. Um, seems like he's kind of, or, t- or today, uh, and it seems like he's kind of back a little bit. So, is there anybody Jimenez, Pereira, anybody you'd uh, I don't Willian um, that you might consider for? for this is the life? problem. Is is everyone? There's there was just this huge me- mentality shift in the last couple of weeks, and there are so many talented players on Fulham, and you could look at Fulham as it's just a bunch of castoffs from Willian and Awobi to Jimenez, but they are all hitting form right at the same time. So I don't know what the fantasy takeaway is. I think the fantasy takeaway is where you're, where you need a budget pick. They're a great team to go for, like you with Anthony Robinson or Leno being a standout goalkeeper option. Yeah. I think the problem with Raúl Jiménez is you have other maybe higher ceiling players like Dominic Solanke that are mm-hmm. right there and might pique your interest a little bit more. And like I was saying, like. Jimenez might be it's funny because Solanke I think I saw this stat on Twitter that of the 10 the last 10 goals that Bournemouth have scored Dominic Solanke has only scored two of them so you think of like he's the focal point of the attack but that's not necessarily true so by that like sort of number crunching Raul Jimenez looks to be maybe even better than Solanke but Fulham I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see how how much they can keep this form going. If you look at what yeah. their fixtures are coming up, it's Newcastle away. Terrible. I mean, well, you think it's terrible, but Newcastle are in a real <laughs> right. rough patch here. Yeah. But then yeah. it's 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 Bournemouth at the cottage, which uh, I'm sorry, Burnley at the cottage, followed by Bournemouth. It's 
I, I don't know. I think it's like punt territory. It's fun, compelling punt territory. Yeah. I think there are a lot of forwards that I would be maybe a little more inclined to take on. Um, Solanke, one of them, uh, certainly. Mm-hmm. I would certainly pick Solanke over, over Jimenez. But um, yeah, I think that I mean, Pereira is the one. I, I think it's just a little easier to bring in a cheap midfielder. I mean, you, you know, I think this this week we really saw the benefit of having somebody on your bench right and with the festive fixtures especially game weeks 18 through 20 where there's basically not a day off in between any of these matches right it's just it just kind of runs together runs together having someone like Pereira maybe if you could if you could get him in as like a fifth midfielder kind of bench option wouldn't be a terrible pick he's probably gonna play all of these matches um he's got four assists in the last two games which I think is I mean the fact that they scored 10 goals and he didn't score one of them is, you know, maybe a little bit of a bummer, but, you know, he had three assists in game week 15 and picked up 15 points. So, yeah. um, you know, being the distributor, as long as they're kind of clicking like this, is makes him definitely worth a look. at fantasy. And he's getting very far forward. He's kind of the Bernardo Silva at the moment. The, what Pereira had uh, last season, if Mitrovic wasn't on the pitch, Pereira would take the pens. I think with Jimenez coming into this form and having a history of being a pen taker, I wonder if Jimenez does get the ball in a pen situation. So, uh, yeah. but I, I like the Pereira shout. He's involved yeah. in everything. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? I feel like, uh, Mitchell last year had like, felt like five or six pens. I mean, I mean, I know he missed like all of them, but it, it did feel like Fulham had quite a lot of pens last year. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he was a little better at being like a, like a pen merchant or whatever. It's interesting. Actually, we saw that today with, with Spurs, uh, who was going to take the pen and maybe, maybe if Madison were healthy, he would have been the pen taker, but uh, maybe unsurprisingly, once once Sun got fouled, uh, it was I, he grabbed the ball right away. There was no there was no chance anyone but him was going to take that pen today. So, all right. So anyway, I you know decent game week, feeling good uh, on a green arrow. How about you? How's your game week? How did how did your game week look? Uh, yeah, I finished on the exact same points, fifty five green arrow as well, up five hundred thousand spots. The issue, the problem with my game week was not having Sun and him banging against Newcastle really hurt me. I was on like a banner game week, like a hundred K game week rank and was going to jump up to like close to the top 1 million. And that would have been progress, but is progress all the same second green arrow in a row. And the heroes for me were in my defense, which is so rare. I made two transfers with two freeze this week. I brought in Raheem Sterling, dud uh and i brought in pau torres which seemed kind of counterintuitive because they were hosting arsenal the odds of them keeping a clean sheet but i just thought this is a guy that i want probably for the long time uh, the long term and then the price feels really good and he delivered a six pointer which is fantastic and then i got to uh drink the fulham clean sheet milkshake as well with leno and that's a that nine pointer was I think Huge. Um, probably the the superstar of my game week. I did have the vice on Mo Salah, uh, which which was which was also pivotal. Suchek getting two points from Suchek off the bench turned out to be a pretty good deal. Looking around to yep. see a lot of people like you getting minus, minus one or zeros or <laughs> yeah. ones or nothing. Yep. Yep. So yep. I, I I can't be mad about that. So I feel like my team is starting to after going through a period where I felt like my team was totally chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's kind of starting to take shape as something maybe a little bit more structured and logical. Uh, yeah. I, ho- I, I hope, uh, yep. and, and maybe like rebalancing my budget with some of my uh, game week 17 transfers will get me closer to. 
Yeah, I think you, you were mentioning to me earlier that it looks like you're going to bring in most likely Sun, Trippier out, Gabriel Martinelli out, which that the yeah. Probably yeah. time for that, you know, unfortunately. And uh, but in Trippier, too, I mean, I don't, I, you know, we can talk more about Trippier later because he isn't the, the theme of this week's pod is buy, sell, hold. And there were a lot of questions about Trippier. So we're, we'll, we'll, we'll cover him in there. But just for the moment, you know, for the sake of your mm-hmm. team, Brandon, uh, it's Trippier out, Martinelli out, Sun in. Have you given any thought to the defender you might bring in as a, as a replacement for Trippier? Yeah, echoes of my Raheem Sterling shout uh, coming into game week 16. I think I'm just going to double down, triple down, as a matter of fact, on Chelsea. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. The, the I Reece have one, Jane, and that feels like one too many. <laughs> yeah, listen, no one's going to sit here and argue that that Chelsea are uh, in great nick and are, are going to have some great results ahead of them. But the fixtures sort of argue that there could at least be fantasy returns. Sure. So sure. I brought in Sterling. He didn't start. I have Cole Palmer. He got a yellow card. And the Reese James injury really looks good for, I mean, uh, all due respect to Reese James, it looks good for Levi Caldwell. And the yep. price is right for him. And I'm in the market for a budget defender. So I, I think it's going to be Sun and Caldwell in for Trippier and Martinelli. And it's just, it yeah. really is. I would give a second thought to Trippier if it wasn't this yellow card suspension. I mean, his form, the way Ange targeted him through Sun yeah. was alarming, yeah. like alarm bells. And uh, Trippier's going to be in, like, his confidence level must be in the basement, right? Yeah. Now. After the Everton match as well, right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah Where he made Ever- two of those two pivotal mistakes. Yeah. That was a weird one. That, you know, that that's this is what happens when you um, are in America and these matches take place because I. Uh, was was watching or, you know, not full on watching him, but, you know, the way I don't know what other Americans do. Maybe they just have like jobs where they can just I, I don't I can't I can't even like listen to music with words and get work done. Right. So it's like let alone like full on watch a match. Right. But what I often do is I'll have the phone. Um, my phone will be on basically and I'll have the match and I'll put it like in one headphone. You know, and it's just sort of a keep the volume. That's low. the same thing of what you just described. How is that? Vo- low volume, How are you though? dividing low, your attention? I'm not watching. I'm not watching. <laughs> okay. Right. The phone is turned over and the volume uh-huh. is low. So it's just and I, I, maybe it's just after many years of doing like, you know, you and I used to do talk sport. Remember back in the day? This is before. Sure, I love talk sport. Was, yeah. Yeah. That, the, at least the be, bra- I don't love their comment. I don't love their uh they're like ancillary broadcast, but the radio commentary, the live matches yeah. is great. Used to be able, I think it was like accidentally, I don't think we were even supposed to get access. It was like early days of the mm-hmm. internet. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it wasn't even that, it was like 2000, 2012 or whatever, but like they, yeah, they cut us off. But so I got, I got used to listening to matches. I think our friend, uh, John T, that's like the only way he, uh, I think he, he basically only listens to matches. He'll, he'll go for walks and, and listen to them. Mm-hmm. And, but, but anyway, so, um, we were, um, I, I was listening to the match and um, they were, I think it was like nil, nil in the 60th minute. And then I had to go to a meeting and um, could not bring my phone with, I go, I, 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 okay. I was allowed to bring my phone. This, with this, this game, meeting, this game was be. like a week ago at this point, Josh. We- <laughs> it was Thursday. I don't know. I mean, it was three days ago. Uh, it, it was a game week ago. That's true. But anyway, I came back and it was three nil and it was like a shocking. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was, I, I was like one of those moments where I was like, is that, is that real? Like does, how, how could they score three goals? Uh-huh. But uh, so yes, I, I think Trippier, it, yeah, it feels like maybe now, I mean, he's so expensive too. Right. And so, uh, it's a shame because I mean, I don't think it's an absolute urgent must do it. It's, you know, he doesn't play in 17, but he does play in 18. 
Um, and so, and, and you know, and it's a, it's a pretty good fixture for them as well. I mean, they play Luton Town. I mean, Luton Luton's playing three or four teams in game week eighteen, but they, you know, one of them is is Newcastle. Um, so I think that actually brings me to uh, a couple of quick reminders here, Brandon. Uh, one is the game week eighteen blanks, right? So we're it's game week seventeen in front of us, but the weekend after this, uh, Man City and uh, Brentford are not playing. That's uh, because Man City is doing the. Uh, what is it called again? Is it the um, Club World the, Cup? The Club World Cup. So they're away for the Club World Cup. Um, that's a good excuse if you still have Mbomo, who's injured for a while. He's also leaving for, for AFCON. Uh, so is Visa, by the way. Did you know that Visa is also leaving for the African Cup of Nations? So, Been a while since so, I did a yeah. drive-by of Wissa's Wikipedia page, I'll be honest with you. Well, I'm, I'm here to inform you then. And, uh, and I, but interestingly enough, the weekend that they leave, which is game week 21, that is the exact day or like, I think it's like the day after Ivan Tony is eligible to return for Brentford. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting and that'll be, it'll be fun to talk about him again. I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't like he was in prison. You know, he was just, he was just <laughs> spent for a while. I'm happy to I'm happy to bring this guy back into my squad. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, so it'll be fun to talk about. It'll be fun to talk about Tony again uh, when he's back. But uh, so we have the game week 18 blanks. But then, and this is looking a little farther ahead because it is, it is game week 21. That is still four weeks away. But I think it's useful to know um, that uh, African Cup of Nations and the Asian Cup both kick off in mid-January. And uh, Salah will be leaving for that. Um, Sun will be leaving for that. Uh, and Bomo, uh, and we, you know, not even clear if he'll be healthy, but Mbomo in theory. Uh, Kudus, who's another player that a lot of people have been bringing in. Um, the West Ham players played He's been great um, outside of um, outside of the full match, I guess. Uh, Visa and uh, even your boy Onana, Brandon, is going to be leaving for the African Cup. I actually saw something that Onana was worried about whether he should go or not because he was like, if I leave, <laughs> I might not get my place back um, in the uh, <laughs> starting keeper um, for, for I mean, Manu. Listen, uh, yeah. he's committed greater crimes on the pitch than he will like on an airplane to uh, AFCON. So I don't yeah. think you should so, worry about that. Yeah. So there's, there's, so the interesting thing though, is that the, this, and I, and I, I know I'm like looking further ahead, but it's useful. I think when you're starting to make transfers to, uh, you know, cause you, you effectively don't want to necessarily have to make two transfers. Someone like son, he's so good. They play forest in game week 17. It's, it just makes sense to to have them, right? It uh, it makes sense to have them, even even if you're only going to have them for four weeks. But for some of these kind of like look like cheaper mid table options, it's not necessarily a move you want to make, right? Because you're effectively making two transfers at that point, right? There's the transfer to bring the player in, and then there's another transfer later on that you're going to have to use to take them out. Um, the only that, really that I would just is, say yeah. I, I want to yeah. just jump in and say the counter argument to that is. We you get one free transfer every week. Who's to, where's where's the detriment to that sort of transfer policy? Uh, That's assuming. Be, you must, yeah, you must be luckier than me then, because I have uh, two or three injuries every single week that I have been spending my uh, transfers uh, taking care of. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's it's assuming that that is a situation, but then that's assuming that those are situations fires that you want to put out. Sometimes you have these this dead weight on your bench where. You'd make the other argument of it's not worth spending a transfer to get rid of this guy to bring in another guy who's going to be on the bench. There, I think there are interesting options. Like, it, say, Mbomo was fit, Son being in the form that he's in. Bring in, you got four game weeks to capitalize out, then back in. This is just kind of, oh, I think, a, a very legitimate way to play. 
Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think someone like Sun is fine, but I think like if I was looking at a midfield option, I probably wouldn't bring in kudos now just because mm-hmm. there's there's five six seven players all in that kind of four you know and huang by the way is another player who's also leaving for the for the asian cup so uh you know it just sort of depends on how long your window is i did bring him in but that was also he had two great home fixtures in um in 15 and 16 and it felt like that was at that point you're talking about like a six week window um and the one the one caveat here too just to make things even more complicated is the game week 21 is a a, a stretched out game week. Uh, it starts on Saturday, January 13th. It ends on Monday, January uh, 22nd. It's just, it stretches over two weekends. And then the weekend after that is the FA cup. Uh, and then game week 22 doesn't kick off until January 30th. So we, we basically only have one fixture in January that takes place over the entire month of January. Uh, so that'll be really uh, – don't captain a player for the first game of that fixture, Brad, uh, would mm-hmm. be my advice. Um, so it, it's possible that some of these clubs will um, – or some of these countries will be knocked out of these cups. And um, it's just – you know, it's obviously we just don't know at this point. Um, we saw – you know, a couple of years ago we saw it with Sun where he – it felt like every single match he played in the African Cup of Nations was a nil-nil that went to extra time. Remember this? It was mm-hmm. like quarterfinals, semifinals, yeah. final. You know, and of course he just they just kept losing to Senegal. Uh, but they uh, and you were like, oh my gosh, like this is so many minutes for Sun or, or for Sal, excuse me. And uh, uh, but then he came back and played two days later. But he was kind of cooked after that. Do you remember this? Yeah. this is like three, I do. yeah. Yeah, so uh, hopefully that that isn't the case again with 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 some with, with Salah this year, but um, anyway, just just planting some uh, seeds of worry, which everybody wants ahead of the holidays, Brandon. Pre problem, so, uh, let's do that. <laughs> yes, pre problem. So let's let's move on though. Uh, always cheating Super League, uh, Brandon. Why don't you read off the top ten in the Always Cheating Super League? Absolutely, yeah. Congrats to everybody in the top ten and the AC Super League. It's free to enter. Just go to our website or on our social media and the. Join code is right there. In 10th place, we have Dave Monahan in ninth, Dan Clark, Dan Carrillo in eighth, uh, Akhiraj PP PP is in seventh place, Jonathan Okarat in sixth and fifth, Conrad Whitey. Whitey, yeah, that looks right. <laughs> Conrad uh, Whitey, <laughs> that sounds like a sounds like a character like a Dave Southern Chappelle General. Loritus Poost in fourth place, Kevin Middleton in third, Matthew Allen in second place, holding it down in first place with a banger of a game week, seventy one points. Peter Halfsmo Stieg, well done, Peter. Yeah. Uh, again, that's the always cheating Super League. Yeah, such a banger! I think that blew out your microphone there, Brandon. That was that's how much of a banger, uh, yada yada, Peter Hoffmostige, uh, you know, had this week. Um, all right, so quick hits here, Brandon. Uh, it's the holiday season. Maybe you got a Christmas bonus. Maybe you just want to. Maybe you're just feeling festive and you want to support the cheaters. That would be great. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You get a bonus podcast each week. You also get to talk with us and others on the Discord, which is always running. We have a uh, another one of those uh, beat the average leagues starting mm-hmm. up in a couple of weeks here, which was uh, I thought that would run the entire season. And it was, we, it was such a bloodbath. I think it was it was settled by game week 10 or something like that. And yeah. the, the goal for this is every week all you have to do is beat the overall average for the for all 10 plus million players in the game uh, and if you do that you get to stay in the league if you don't you get knocked out i got knocked out in game week two 
Uh, I don't know <laughs> how long you lasted, Brandon, but uh, that is that is up and not running. Much on the, on, yeah, not, that's up and running on the Discord. Um, and uh, just a quick thank you to our newest Patreon supporters, Barry Henderson and Julian Douglas. Thank you, Barry and Julian. So go to patreon.com slash always cheating to get um, Discord and extra pods and all kinds of other stuff. Cool, Josh. Let's take a quick break and come back and play a little game we call Buy, Sell, Hold ahead of Game Week 17. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. Game week 17 kicks off on Friday. Just a reminder, a Friday deadline this week. I have Spurs away to Nottingham Forest. I just Spurs are just always a fun team right now, like the, the, in the Ainge era. So I feel like uh, that's a good Friday match. Spurs versus anybody is a Friday match that I'm looking forward to. Um, so, uh, the first question though has nothing to do with Spurs. Uh, so <laughs> what a great, what a great tee up that I just did there. Uh, first question though, it, it's an, it's an important one. I've got a couple man city ones to, to kick things off here, Brandon. Uh, first question is from Sid, uh, Gopich, car. And he says, uh, is it time for Holland to go? So it's a tricky one, obviously with Holland, uh, injured, also doesn't have a fixture in game week 18 also scores one to nine goals in every match that he plays in the premier league. So, you know, how are you feeling about it's a wide range. How do you feel about Holland? Well, so Pep's comments about Holland's injury today were, were it's not a broken bone or anything like that. It's a stress on the bone. Yeah. And then Pep suggests he could be fit for crystal palace, which is next game week. Yep. Or Saudi Arabia, where the um, the Club World Cup is going to be played. So there is this little teaser from Pep saying maybe Holland is back starting as early as game week 17. But there is that blank in game week 18. And I think the other really important thing for managers thinking of dropping or keeping Holland is his price has not moved since the game began. It is still at 14.0, meaning you have no value tied up in him. Meaning if you drop him, it's not you're not giving up anything apart from having him in a particular game week. If anything, yeah. it could be like the most prudent financial decision you could make in that Holland could drop in price during this period and you could drop him and buy right. him back for 13.9. I, I can't imagine he'd drop down to 13.8. And I do, I, I mean, do you, don't you think that that's kind of like 
uh, optimistic that he would even drop in price given how big his ownership yeah. is. What is the tipping point where he would actually fall over? And I don't plan to drop him to be honest. I, I think he's a, I think, I think he's a hold. Um, it's funny. He's not even a buy because everyone owns him. He is like, well, I, actually, I guess there was that kind of moment where, where like Holland out was, was a thing. And, uh, I feel like that blew up so comprehensively that we, we kind of got, we got past that a little bit. I mean, uh, if like, you would have stuck yeah. with it, it would have really worked. I mean, our friend disable Luke, he was part of the Holland out brigade and kind of did all right for a couple of weeks. Yeah. There was like one in one major influx of points, but then Luke decides ahead of this game week, he transfers Sala out so he can get back Holland to captain him. And wow. <laughs> so like right? Holland wow, can blow up in yeah. so many, yeah. so many different comprehensive sorts of yeah. ways. I'm generally with you though. The, the move has been this season, uh, sadly, just to figure out how you can get the three premiums in Sun, Sala, and Holland. And yeah. if you get rid of Holland now, it's, it like makes sense on paper in that. Yep. Uh, but but what you're going to end up doing probably is spe- spread that money around. And how how do you do it so you can easily get Holland back? Uh, that well, That is the question for me. Yeah. I mean, that this is why it doesn't really work, you yeah. know, to, to drop them because, uh, you know, there's always the kind of like, oh, in theory, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make this one move. I'm going to keep the money in my bank or I'm going to move it to this one player. And then I have these two moves that I'm going to do after that. But what ends up happening is, is like the biggest thing are just injuries, just a constant <laughs> influx of new injuries that that are sometimes Sometimes they're kind of the 75 percenters. We're, we're, we're there right now with Areola, where I don't know what I'm going to be able to do with him yet. Right. Like mm-hmm. it because the, the comments from uh, from Moyes were a little open ended there where they were like, well, what's um, you know, how like how fit do you think he is? So this is, this is after the, uh, the midweek, <laughs> the midweek match. You know, he's like, it's a risk. The interviewer injury. says, when is he going to be back? And Moyes says, when do you think he's going to be back? Yeah, it was. Well, he was just like, you know, when uh, we think um, it was I, it was after the Spurs match, actually. And they said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a wrist injury. When do you think he's going to be back? And he said, we thought he might be OK to start the Spurs match. Right. So he, they thought he would be OK to start game week 15. Um, and so if they, if they felt that way and obviously he didn't start 15, didn't start 16 either. Um, and so to me, it's, it's really an open question whether he is fit enough to play in game week 17 uh, or game week 18, which I think is pertinent for most of us, because I would really, really love to not spend a transfer in a blank game week uh, to replace my keeper. I mean, having Flecken is probably the worst transfer. I mean, I guess I brought it. Does it still count as a transfer? You made it on a wild card. I, guess, I suppose it does. Um, I'll just call him a buy. He's one of the worst buys that I have made in 10 plus years of playing fantasy. He has been beyond worthless. Uh, he, I mean, all, all keepers are bad this year, but there's a special place for Flecken who has just conceded A-cab. a goal in back-to-back matches versus, versus Luton and, uh, and Sheffield. So congrats, congrats to him. Uh, I don't know how it was possible to concede in both those matches, but, uh, so, so he has, um, so it's, yeah, so I, I don't know what we're gonna you know do on that front. Um, oh, sorry, I, I got a little distracted talking about keepers there, Brennan, because I, I you know we touched on something that was adjacent to my own particular strategic you know concerns, and uh, 
I had your to team is that a third road, rail, Josh. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. All that rubber. Yeah, and, and yeah, but I, I was just looking at uh, West Ham's fixture for game week eighteen when you would have to bench Flecken, and they have Manchester United at home. Areola is so funny because everyone is dying to get rid of this guy before he got injured, and now that he's injured, people are sort of like. I mean, I understand your your case where you've you've got a not a, a good rotation. Might not have a keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now everyone kind of wants to hang on to him. Let's get back to Erling Holland. It sounds like neither of us are planning to get rid of him, and I I think the the concern is 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 always with forwards, the corner that you paint yourself in when you don't have somebody because it's it's like midfield midfield and defense is somehow structurally different because there are more guys in that line with only three forwards in your team it's very easy on the high end and the low end like people who own archer right now are just kind of like do i ever start this guy and now he's just like a waste of a player if i never start him and it could it's the same way with holland being as expensive as he is if you get rid of him how will you ever get him back yeah, and I think that's why uh, my plan right now is to hope that he starts the Palace match. Um, and uh, just, I, I doubt we're going to get any kind of definitive information. I, I, I assume he will not start the um, the Champions League game. I think that's, I mean, Pep didn't even hint that that would be the case. Uh, you know, I don't, I mean, they don't need, I don't think they need anything from that match. So, um, and unfortunately, you and I both own Alvarez. And there was a question from uh, GP about, you know, is it, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring him into the conversation here. So GP says, is it crazy to sell Alvarez for Dominic Solanke ahead of a home match against a weekend palace and likely without Holland? And I think this is where things get a little tricky because if Holland is healthy and available to play uh, next weekend and Alvarez starts at midweek, which I think is also possible, um, then it's kind of hard to imagine Alvarez starting that match. It'll just been yeah, a ton of matches in a row for him. Pep does tend to rotate those, those forward spots. I know he's kind of, he plays a kind of essential role. I, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of, Alvarez I, I think has just, started every single game this season. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but he hasn't, it feels like he hasn't played well in like 10 weeks. I, you know, I don't know. It's like, he's a, uh, I, I mean, what did you think about his performance uh, leading the line for Luton today? I mean, he was, he was like non-existent basically. Well, yeah, it's it's hard to say with a pep squad because there is so much movement and rotation on the pitch. I, I, I it's hard to recall a particular play well where he really opened up the space or did something. Yeah. I guess the hot, I mean uh, the Grealish goal, I guess, would be the one. Um, certainly quasi handball whatever (laughs) yeah i mean the eye always goes to bernardo silva in matches like that where he's just pulling all all of the strings um but yeah for grealish to score a goal somebody else has to do something spectacular (laughs) in in my mind yeah so i i don't know i it's the the alvarez question is i feel like it becomes a very fantasy question because i don't want to be like oh this guy's playing terribly it's, yeah. it's just not working fantasy-wise, and I think that's where you can really just sort of end that conversation and have the wherewithal to get rid of him. I will hold on to Alvarez's until game week 18, and then I'll move him to probably somebody. I'll probably move him to Solanke at that point. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where I am as well. I think uh, Holland Holland is a hold, Let's uh, at least through the next four days. I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. Is, is, is 
Pep even telling the truth about Holland's foot, right? Like who knows, right? And so we may we may get more information about Holland over the course of the next. We've 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 seen this many times before, where like a seemingly minor injury suddenly the player's out for six weeks, right? Like it's sort of mm-hmm. the new. I remember this happening with um, uh, with Dominic Calvert Lewin um, of like two or three years ago now, but he was uh, it was like it seemed like this minor injury, and suddenly he was out for three months, and so it's you know similar kind of foot injury if I recall. Maybe it was a knee. Uh, it doesn't matter, but anyway, you know. So I think that we may we may find out more on Holland that that makes things a little easier for us. Um, and I think that it's hard to resolve the Alvarez question until we decide what to do with Holland. So my inclination right now is just to have them both for Palace and like you uh, decide in Game Week eighteen what I want to do. And I I really haven't. I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind just benching both of them. I think that that is an option. Uh, just just benching both and then having them both for the for you know nineteen through yeah. you know, nineteen through twenty one. But um, it's hard to say. I have been kind of itching to sell over us for a while anyway. Um, he's just sort of a frustrating player, right? It's sort of a the forward who's playing in a midfield spot. He he never the returns are never so poor that it feels essential to drop him, and yet. Every single week, I feel like I'm like a little disappointed, right? It's like you always like you hope for like a little bit more. And I think this Luton match, I was sort of, I thought we might see a little more from him, but it was basically the same Alvarez that we've seen the last few weeks, which is he's just a little peripheral. I felt like Foden impressed more, Grealish impressed more, like you said, Bernardo Silva impressed more. And Alvarez was just like another guy on the pitch, right? Just didn't really do that much. Yeah, you never want to be just another guy, and and he's yeah. falling down the the rankings. I mean, uh, your boy uh, Huang He Chan is just yes. four points behind Alvarez at that point, and you're looking at basically the reverse of Alvarez, where Alvarez is a fantasy forward playing in a midfield position. Huang He Chan is a classed as a midfield playing in a forward position, and that's the ideal and and for fantasy is you always want your fantasy asset to be playing farther forward One on the pitch forward. than other fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, his the just the straight value for Alvarez right now with cast your mind back, Josh, to the first month of this season. There, there I feel like we were talking a lot about how there were no forwards who were popping off and, and scoring points. And now it feels like we do have options. For God's sake, we're talking about Fulham. We did like a whole like five minute rundown. Yeah, that was Fulham and that was not, Jimenez. That was not in the running order. That was yeah. me riffing and uh, yeah. you know, God help everyone who would listen through that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I think now's the time to sell or prepare to sell Alvarez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, most, most of us will probably have other problems, at least in game week 17. Um, so it brings us to Trippier. We did talk about him a little bit. You mentioned that you're planning to drop Trippier. Um, he got, it would have been so easy to just, to just hold and and move on. Right. But then he gets that, that fifth yellow card. And it feels like, honestly, he's been lucky not to get that fifth earlier. Right. <laughs> like not mm-hmm. just in this match, but just the last few, it feels like he's just, he's got a yellow card in him like every match at the moment. And I, I wonder honestly, if he's just playing too much, it feels like he's uh they need to, I, I guess they're with their injuries. There's just nothing they can do. Right. But it, it just feels like he's, he's played a ton of minutes. I felt that way a little bit about uh, Bruno Gamarish and Joe Linton today too. I mean, it was yeah. just, it was just like two weeks ago, you and I were talking about their performance against man United and how, how strong they looked. Uh, and since then they just look, increasingly exhausted, right? Like I just really, I thought that um, I was really surprised to see their midfield get kind of overrun by Spurs today. I just, that was not something I expected to happen. 
Yeah, and it does not bode well at all for them for Newcastle midweek because uh, they're they're fighting for their lives in the Champions League, yep. and they're they're home AC Milan. I think that pretty evenly matched game there, but uh, they yeah they look totally out of gas, and yep. Trippier will definitely be playing in that match because he'll uh, have his yellow card suspension in the Premier League. Uh, Newcastle just need a break. Uh, they really do. I think it's similar with Alvarez and Man City. It's weird Man City with all their resources somehow have a pretty small squad at the moment, as does uh, as does Newcastle. And suddenly Arsenal <laughs> look like they have the, the biggest squad where they can basically bring in one of 10 players to take the yeah. place of Martinelli right now. Yeah. Although I guess we should we should credit Villa for beating Arsenal and Man City within one week, uh, one nil at home in both matches. That is a that is a very difficult thing to pull off, right? Like just mm-hmm. like the yeah, it was so it was so impressive in both matches. Did you? I thought, by the way, I mean, I am a you know, I, I consider myself an Arsenal supporter, uh, even though some will question how hardcore of a supporter I am, and I I just have to take that one on the chin. But I thought that um, Arteta was like what. What was it like that was that ball was handballed three times in 10 seconds. Like of all the kind of VAR things to get mad about, I felt like the VAR decision um, uh, was like that was like one of the more straightforward decisions in that. In that sure. Like, uh, like this has not been a great season for VAR, but I, I that was that was not one that I was like, especially oh, yeah, like up in arms about. Arteta has gone to the uh, night school graduation course of Jurgen Klopp's "How to Treat the Media and the Officials," uh, <laughs> like a.k.a. with utter disrespect and contempt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I think Arteta is pretty impressive apart from how he actually uh, sure. treats the media and and officials. Because yeah. I I agree, and it was funny. <laughs> yeah. it was, I mean, it's easy for Unai Emery to do this, but after the match, Unai Emery made a very pointed remark of like i respect the officials i think it's the most important thing in the game to always respect the referees always yeah. and now when you've just won uh, you know one to say sure it's, it's easier to say but i think yeah. their managers are starting to become self-aware all, all these baby managers uh, can't take the heat and are just like losing their cool in front of the cameras yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I just think he's like he's kind of red zoning right now. But listen, you and I are not immune. Uh, me, even especially maybe about red zoning when it comes to VAR and just like like ceasing to be rational about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like you gotta like you gotta keep your your wick dry too. I mean, I guess it was a one nil defeat, so maybe it's just harder to you know it's everything's a little more charged there. But the other way, Arteta should have just recognized that through many stretches in that match, Arsenal were the better team. And they just failed to score any goals, which, of course, is a big problem. But Arsenal are still in a great position and they need to keep their cool. This is what happened to them at the end of last season is that they just kind of withered under the pressure. And that starts with Arteta. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and they've, they've had some nice wins recently. And so I think this is just, uh, I, I just don't think it, it, it should linger. Um, I guess I, I agree with you about their squad's size and depth in general. I think they probably are the, the deepest team in the Premier League right now. Maybe been a little bit luckier with, with injuries as well. Although, like, God, they, they've had their share too. I mean, it, mm-hmm. kind of made remarkable across the Premier League how many injuries have been this, this season. Um, all right. So, yeah. So Trippier, probably, probably a drop. But if you have the bench depth to, drop him for 
it, basically, I mean, obviously he's not going to start for game week 17. So if you have the bench depth to get away with it, I think given the blanks in 18, he's, he's somewhere between a sell and a hold, depending on what kind of problems it solves to drop him. Right. Like in your case, super lot. It's like, it's one of the easiest minus fours you can take, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're turning Martinelli into sun and then you're taking a player who's not playing in game week 16, right? Or in 17 mm-hmm. and, and dropping him. So it's pretty, pretty straightforward. But in, in some, in some cases, people will already have sun and, and they'll have Trippier and it's like, just, just leave him on the bench for a week. For sure. Just do it. Okay. That takes us, of course, to Everton and Decore, where everyone's talking, including <laughs> yeah. Thorpum. Thorpums. Thorpums wants to know, is Decore worth taking a punt? Now, we could talk about Fulham being this insane form team. Uh, you know, we've got to give respect to Everton, who have taken this 10-point deduction, and they've put it in a giant pipe and proceeded to smoke it. It's incredible. <laughs> They have yeah. um, Burnley away in game week 17, followed by some not great fixtures, Spurs and Manchester City. Then it's Wolves, Villa, Fulham, and then Spurs again. There's always this pivot in the midpoint of the right. season where right. it's, like they, it's like everyone plays Luton uh, for the 15th time. Um, so what are you thinking about Everton right now as a club to invest in? And and these fixtures in particular, are they is their form yeah. good enough to take you beyond what the fixtures look like? Well, it's, you know, I mean, you and I saw Decore in person uh, in that in that Palace match. And, it, it you know, I, I he has been playing, obviously he's playing more advanced right now. And I think that does change the equation a little bit. It's not, um, he, you know, because he, he, he is often more of a kind of central kind of box to box type midfielder, which those tend not to be players you really want to have in fantasy, right? They can sort of get hot from time to time and, and then just sort of disappear right you can have a 10-week stretch where you get nothing from them but you know decore you know well first of all he he has had some some really nice moments uh over over you know his how many years has he been let's see this is his eighth season in the premier league brandon um so i think i mean yeah i think that he's honestly probably a little under the radar i think my only concern with everton in general and getting a everton midfielder or um I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I really wouldn't honestly consider Calvert Lewin, but let's just say midfielder is I don't know if they score enough goals, right? Like it's just in general, I'm a little wary of. I mean, I mean, Grant, I, I I understand like they've they just scored five you know, collective goals against Newcastle and Chelsea, which is very impressive. But I just think I don't know. Well, I mean, even the Spurs match, I suppose. Like you, I don't know. I mean, Spurs did look a little better today, so maybe I need you um, to commit on this Everton question, Josh. Yes or no. I think personally, I it's a I I would not buy. I would not buy an Everton player. I, I like Decore. He's in a nice run of form. I don't trust them to score enough goals, so I would not have an Everton player. How about you? Yeah, I wouldn't either. The only player is kind of like tempting is I think maybe Jordan Pickford or uh, Mikalenko. Like when I was looking at my four point five defender replace, replacements. Mikalenko bumped up there. There is Braithwaite. Uh, but as far as their attack, I'm, I'm kind of with you. There, there are too many other options. And yeah. I wonder if uh, the Everton sort of party is going gonna, is gonna to flag during yeah. the festive period when the fixtures get harder. And then they, they now have the sense of, oh, we can overcome this 10-point deduction. We'll be fine. The teams below us will be set adrift. So I yeah. feel like the, that pressure and that um, sort of ecstatic feeling that they may have right now might wane. Yeah, and that's the Spurs man. I mean, it's just looking at the the Spurs Man City double that they have in eighteen nineteen, and then again in twenty three twenty four. And I I feel like you don't see that that often, right? Where they just because for anybody who doesn't know, 
the uh, obviously you have you have you know thirty eight teams. Everybody plays each other twice, once home, once away. But what people may not know uh, is that it's the it's literally the same. 10 fixtures on the on the reverse side right so whatever a in in game week one those 10 matches when they then get played right like when home becomes away it's the same 10 matches that that particular game week that obviously can change if there's a double game week or something like that but you know the actual sort of as as like put in the calendar right it's like it's the reverse so i feel like it's a little strange to have the have the reverse fixtures played so close to the original fixtures, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. that seem a little unusual to you? I don't know. Just like a, just I, yeah, I don't have total yeah. recall of calendars past, but you know, it just, it, it does boggle the mind. All right, Brennan, let's do one last buy, sell, hold here. And it's about defenders. And, uh, the question comes from me, Josh Landon. And the question is, <laughs> are there literally any defenders that you could recommend buying right now? So you think, Colwell is the one who, but even again, that's, that's sort of like by default, right? Like he's sort of, um, he's the one, uh, you know, he hasn't necessarily been rotation proof, but maybe with the James injury he is, it's just, it's really hard right now to recommend any defenders, right? As like, as like players to spend your transfers on. You take the best defense in the league, Arsenal. And I brought in Saliba three game weeks ago and it, it's yeah. been a nightmare. So, uh, there are many things to consider and then immediately discount who are the best defenders that is not proven to make them the best defensive assets in fantasy at all. Yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. And, and all of these defensive assets are relying on attacking returns. Uh, Pedro Porro is probably like leading the like hot 100 defenders list right now. And Chelsea, I still think they're the this fixture run for Chelsea could be fun if if it ever works and there is clearly no guarantee that will ever work with Chelsea but you know we've we've already had the Everton fixture now coming yeah. up it's Sheffield United at home the best fixture in the calendar followed by Wolves Palace Luton and then Fulham now Fulham are yeah. going to put 20 past Chelsea at this rate uh, Outside of Poro, who you mentioned, he is the only one, and I think, and I think the reason, which which I think you sort of also were getting at, is that Poro is the one defender outside of maybe Trent, who is just sort of he might just be too expensive really to consider at eight million, given that Liverpool aren't a especially strong defensive team right now. Um, I think that I, I think Poro is the one because you're just you are buying him to buy a an attacking player who might occasionally get you a clean sheet, right? It's like you have to, like, change your whole way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, when I when you think of defenders to buy, you think about them as um, as, as players who are going to get clean sheets for you, right? The, the players that defend. And, and I mean, you know, I mean, who are the two strongest, you know, defense defenses in the, in the, in the Premier League? Um, you said Arsenal. I think Man City is the other one, right? And Man City haven't kept a clean sheet since game week 10. <laughs> like, it's just very hard to look at these, at these squads and look at the strength of their defense and use that as a measure to, to guide your transfer decisions. I mean, I think this is basically what you were saying and I'm just restating it, but I, you know, so I think viewed through that lens, I am just looking at 17, for example, it's like, sure, might as well get Pora, right? They play, uh, um, you know, they, they play forest. I expect multiple, uh, lots of goals in that one, right? He's on corner kicks. Uh, he seems like a really strong option. I think Colwell is fine. I mean, honestly, if you're going to just, Right, like throw a pick at a dartboard, like having a Chelsea defender uh, when they play Sheffield United at home is just probably a 
a strong pick, right? Like Sheffield United, it, you know, I mean, only only Brentford are, are you know conceding goals to Sheffield United, right? It's just like mm-hmm. they're, they're really um, they they just, it's just a real struggle for them at the best of times to uh, that score performance. That performance by Brentford against Sheffield United was worrying. I mean, not not having uh, not having Nbomo, uh this is totally out of form. If it's yep. all gonna yep. fall to Malpe. Uh, it's it's going to be a mess for a while. That's more there. than Mape can handle, I think. I think that's more yes. than... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, let me... I'm going to ask you a hypothetical here. If Trent Alexander-Arnold cost $6.5 would you be looking at getting him in right now? Yeah, I, absolutely. I'd be looking to get him in this week if he was that cheap. Uh, I find $8 million to be pretty tricky, though, right? If I've got almost $10 million in Sun whatever Sal is right now. I, I don't have all the prices in front of me, but you know, 14 in Holland, 12, Sal was 12, eight, uh, son is, I guess he's only nine, four. Um, it's just hard to get there with an 8 million defender. Right. I mean, you, you've, you struggled to get son because you have Trippier, right. Mm-hmm. At 6.5 or whatever it is. And so, uh, you know, tack another 1.5 on there and just see how much flexibility you lose right across your, across your squad. So I, yeah. So I think if he was six, five, it would be easier to to look at him because again, he is um, he's just in a great offensive like a great run of, of, of attacking form at the moment. He seems really confident. He's uh, right. It's like free kicks mm-hmm. and uh, that goal he scored against Man City was a beautiful goal. Right, it's like the goal of a confident player. So I you know I mean it's what I'm actually surprised by when it comes to Liverpool is that Samikas has not been able to do anything. Like I, I know he had that Brentford match where he was well, he played well, but I, I was just, even like what, after the, um, the red card in the palace match, I was like, well, maybe he's going to get involved, but that team is just, everything runs down the right, uh, you know, the right hand mm-hmm. side of the pitch. And then it's sort of like, they might get some scraps over on the left hand side. Right. I mean, <laughs> D- Diaz had a moment. He almost scored a nice goal. I was offside, but, um, but yeah, just in general, it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty hard for, uh, for anybody, I mean, I don't know. I guess Robertson was maybe a, like trusted a little bit more, but you know, back back in the day, you had the the Rabo Mane combination over there, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think Diaz Samikas is quite clicking at the same at the same level. Maybe one day, Brandon. Maybe one day in yeah. the near future, but not so far. Yeah, I feel like every week I ask the this is the segment we like to call how are they doing it? How are the managers <laughs> fitting in Salah, Holland, Son, and Trent? How yeah. are they doing it? And I don't <laughs> – here's here's my uh, thesis. I don't think they are doing it. Who is going to be sacrificed for any one of these players? So that's the argument of I feel like Holland is – we're getting the least production out of Holland right now. So I'm going to sacrifice yeah. him so I can run out Son Sala and Trent. That's that's not what we're going to choose to do. But I, I am not – even with Trent's run of attacking form – I don't think he's going to be able to sustain that enough to justify dropping any of those three attacking players to get him in. Yeah. And I, speaking of Trent uh, and Liverpool, uh, Brandon, why don't we take a quick look ahead to game week 17, which, uh, which kicks off on Friday, uh, possibly the marquee fixture of game week 17. Although that's, that's arguable. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's now Newcastle Fulham given Fulham's recent form, but the, uh, the one that's in the, the final, you know, the final match of the, of the game week block is Liverpool hosting Man United. 
Man United somehow skated by with nary a mention on this entire pod front. And how did that not happen? I don't know. I mean, they just got waxed at home to Bournemouth. Yeah. And you and I respectfully did not even bring that up. On, or, or we forgot to. Some combination of both. Maybe. That's how bad uh, it's gotten for Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, They're exactly. now the forgotten club. Yeah, it just, it was just a, that was just a thing that happened that I didn't need to get remarked about. They, so, are, they are getting the yeah. I don't even think about you at all award for game week I know. 16. Which is tough. I mean, you and I, how long did you and I both gut it out with Bruno and Rashford? About too long, eight weeks man. apiece. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, very long time. I, I think I made it through two full international breaks before I finally gave up on those two. Um, yeah, so Liverpool do host Ben United in, in 17. I mean, I, when it comes to captaincy, I have the, my bus team captain is on Salah right now. I think you can make an argument for Sun uh, in that Forest match, just given his remarkable form. Uh, they are away. That's you know that's a, that's a factor. Uh, Man City. It just feels like there's gonna be too much doubt on whether Holland plays or not uh, for him to be a, a you know like a likely captain pick. Um, I mean, he probably either starts or doesn't play at all. But still, it's just that you know you don't want to be in a situation where he he struggles that, you know, they, they want to give him a shot. He goes out there yeah. and then at the 13th minute, he limps off. Right. And we're likely not going to learn anything about Holland in the midweek champions league fixture right. because city have already won their group and there's no point in them yep. uh, bringing Holland out for that. So yeah, that, yeah. I, I would love, I think we'd both love this if Alvarez also got Benjamin and Pep just plays the kids because it's a dead rubber. Oh yeah. Midweek. Yeah. I, I yeah. hope so. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I was thinking about, we talked about that a little bit earlier and I, I just feel like he's going to give Alvarez some time there and, and maybe see if he can score a goal. get his confidence We just need to bit. squeeze one more week out of Alvarez. That's all we <laughs> I ask. I do not want to have to think about yeah. that one. I am also yeah. on Mo Salah on my bus team and you just have to look at uh, Liverpool's track record against Manchester United uh, yeah. in recent seasons and Salah virtually always comes through with a big haul yeah. and I love it. I love yeah. how he's just getting fantasy points without really trying at the moment. Uh, yeah. He, he scored a nice, yeah. Even the, the goal kind of fell to him and then the assist was, was one of those, like it wasn't exactly yeah, here. Here the, you do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah here you do something. And, and Harvey Elliott just totally yeah. made that goal. It was, what yeah, a it was great really goal. Nice. That was, yeah. Um, but that's just why Salah is is the fantasy king, is he's always so close to goal, uh, yeah. serving up those those meatballs over the plate. So I think I think Salah is the the clear, and also that you know just in terms of X fun, Brandon. I think that having your captain play in the last fixture of the game week is always kind of fun because it's sort of you're like, well, no matter what happens, I still have mm-hmm. my captain to play in the in the final match of the game week. So uh, I think that he is uh, the clear captain pick. I think if you wanted to go off the board a little bit um you could consider someone like Saka uh at home to Brighton uh Brighton are just I that was one of the predictions that so far has held up Brandon on our hot take pod which is that yeah. Brighton will not keep a clean sheet for the rest of the season that one's I still feel pretty good about that one and uh-huh. uh, I would expect multiple goals conceded in the um when Arsenal is bright on Sunday yeah I I like the Saka pick I I think that you know I I didn't think he pl- I think he, I think he played okay against Arsenal. He was okay. As I said, okay. I thought Arsenal yeah. as a, as a whole sort of played okay. Yeah. Gabriel Nobody Jesus, looks good there. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's fair. Gabriel Jesus was kind of like kind of crazed in that match. I thought I know. maybe he needed a little bit more composure. I mean, what Jesus brings to the squad is that sort of dogged energy on the pitch. Yeah. But let's let's get a little composure up there. 
Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, this, it's just, it's, it's, it's the same story with it. It's, it's kind of like Darwin, right? It's like these, these players, it's like the script, there's a script, right? With Gabriel Jesus, he's, he'll do everything that you want a forward to do except score goals, right? It's like in, in Darwin, I don't know what is the script. The script with Darwin is that he uh, should be scoring more goals. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I don't know that he's quite at the Gabriel Jesus does everything you mm-hmm. want a forward to do level, but he uh, he certainly looks like he could score goals. He looks like Darwin he looks is like it's, reading it's, it's the script. Possible. Like he he's reading the uh, stage instructions as well. Like he's like, <laughs> uh, alas, uh, Juliet, exit stage left. Yeah, like, no, Darwin, yeah. You, you don't have to say that. That's fine. Yeah. Just, just exit. Yeah, and, and and of course he got subbed right before the uh, right before the the red card as well, which is just that's that's just the Darwin that that Darwin is just like the like step on the rake player right now this this season. Mm-hmm. There's actually there's there's, some, there's actually some pretty stiff competition for that. Like the fact that Marcus Rashford is now possibly done at Menya, I don't really know. <laughs> it's like he's not, he just doesn't start anymore. Uh, like I, is he gonna have to move somewhere? Like it's like does he, anybody leave that club next though? season? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like yeah. Inter or AC Milan is where all those players go. Follow the yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Alexis Pulisic and Drew. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, uh, how about this one, Brendan? I have. I, I'm going to let you go first in this one because I need to come up with mine. But who is your ex DIH, Brendan? Who's your ex dog in him for game week 17? As brought to you by the Hit Movie Strays. Available yeah. in red boxes everywhere. Red boxes strays brings you Gerard Bowen. Uh, I think mm-hmm. on Sunday, home Ooh. hosting Wolves. West Ham need to get their Come act back. together in so yes. many ways. And Bowen is not a loser. Bowen is a winner. He yeah. holds a European trophy right now that he scored the game-winning goal in. And he's not going to suffer these these foolish 5-0 losses uh, on, the, on the other side of London. So I think Bowen's going to come out with that dog in him and do the business. And I just I, I want to say that to comfort people who have uh, cash wrapped up in this guy as a fantasy asset. He will come good. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with uh, with a, a popular, highly on pick. I think that uh, Ali Watkins steps back in, Brandon, and uh, and scores a goal away to Brentford on Sunday. I think that he's uh, maybe been a little unlucky. He actually got he was he was lucky not to concede an own goal in that match. I don't know if you saw that moment with uh, yes. with Martinez and Watkins. Like that was like three inches away from being a really painful own goal for Aston Villa. Yeah. It was also three inches away from being a Saliba goal. So there were, there were oh, lots was it really? of, Oh man. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was, yeah, I was yeah. sweating bullets, uh, inside and out. A real sweat moment. Yeah. Which no, I, I, I want to see you sweating bullets inside. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds, uh, it sounds it, like a lot of sweat. It's provocative. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's messy. Now I know Josh Landon and I know you wouldn't, Put, give the XDIH to Watkins if you weren't thinking about this guy. So uh, see, are you, you doing what I think you're doing? Are you, oh, are going you bringing Alvarez, Alvarez to Watkins? No, uh, I wonder honestly, if you were doing Isak. Isak well, Watkins, well uh, Isak may have to go, unfortunately. I, I mean, I'm going to decide what to do with Isak based on if he starts the Champions League match, which mm-hmm. I think is a good chance. It's hard to say now because Callum Wilson did get minutes, um, right? Came out as a sub in the I don't know, 60th, 65th minute, something like that. So if he, there's a chance that Wilson starts at midweek, which is what I really hope happens. And if I so, I'll it. probably, I'll probably stick with, with Isak. If Isak uh, starts the Champions League match, you have to think that Wilson starts at the weekend. 
in which case there is a part of me that really does want to just move to Watkins. I also think, I mean, the other move would be Solanke, which uh, Solanke uh, Bournemouth hosts Luton on Saturday. And I think that I honestly think those are equally good picks. Um, I think mm-hmm. maybe um, Solanke actually might be a slightly stronger pick, just given that they are home. You'd have to. Uh, I, I don't know if they've like put up any time goal scoring odds for next weekend yet, but he's gotta he's gotta be considered one of the strongest. I suppose he's. I mean, honestly, we were talking about um, offbeat captain picks, like like players who, um, you know, if you just I don't know. But like, there are people out there who listen to this pod or play fantasy who just <laughs> they just don't want to pick the most popular captain, yeah. right? They just want to yeah. be a little different. And I think that you could you could do a lot worse than than Solanke at home to Luton Town, right? I like it. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that is definitely fun. Okay. So XDIH, that's been sorted. The last question we have to answer, Josh, is if we were going to watch one match in game week 17, even put the fantasy uh, uh, factor aside, which one are you going to recommend? I think, you know, okay, I I guess I'll go with Newcastle Fulham. That's the one that I am personally very interested in because – Newcastle are in a real down moment and Fulham are in a real up moment. Yeah. But Newcastle is a really tough place to go. It's, it's right. It's just very hard mm-hmm. to go there and, 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 and get her and, you know, get a result, especially a win. Uh, so yeah. can Fulham, can Fulham do something there in that match? I think it's a really interesting contrast between those two clubs. I do. I'll do a repeat from my Bowen and I think West Ham Wolves, it's two particularly evenly matched teams based on form you would say that maybe west ham have the slightly better squad but wolves might be in slightly better form so that one i think is going to be fun to watch for those reasons yeah liverpool and united just for comedy's sake i think is also a good one i think there's a there's a there's a hand i'm kind of excited and honestly forest spurs i think that'll be a lot of fun i mean now you'll be able to root for sun again uh starting friday so now now we can we can both enjoy that match i think if I, there's a part of me that wants to just not make any forward, not make any transfers this week or not, not like not, not kind of deal with any of those problems and just bring in Poro, right? Like that just seems like a fun, I, I would love to have Poro for, for this match. I think in, I think in 18, I'm going to have Poro, whether I do it with a, with a straight transfer or a hit, I think that there's an extremely yeah. good chance that I have him for, for game week 18. Um, just given that, that Spurs host, uh, Everton and, uh, um, and I'll be down a couple of players, you know, as a result of uh, not having Man City. Let's assume I hold Holland, but that's that's where I am at the moment. This is one of those podcasts. You know, sometimes, Brandon, we do these podcasts and it's pretty straightforward what we're going to do. And then there's other times when I have like eight players that are 75% to play and the Champions League and Europa League have yet to, <laughs> have yet to happen. And every, yeah. I feel like everything I say, I've got to qualify a little bit. Unfortunately, sure. this this pot is like that with me where I really haven't made my mind up about my transfers because I have to see what happens over the next uh, couple of days. So um, I, I don't know that I'll be uh, kind of set until um, hopefully by Thursday evening, Brendan. I'll use it as a opportunity to transition one last time to uh, talk about our Patreon. And uh, we do a Patreon pod. We'll do one on Thursday evening. Uh, you and I often do our, our poker game after that, Brent. It's my last chance to finish in the black in that mm-hmm. poker group. So, uh, that's very important to me as well. So, uh, but I, on that Thursday pod, Brandon, I will, uh, hopefully be a little more subtle. Well, all the European pictures will be included by then as well. Um, so, uh, we'll do that pod. If you want to listen to that, or you just want to support the cheaters, say thank you. Um, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do so. Yeah, and a thanks, as always, to our producer patrons, that highest tier that you can find at that Patreon page. 
Big thanks to Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wildmings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Vulgar, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislov, Noan Louise, Travis Grant, Linus Vennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Fred Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, Lolly, Ben Coombs, Eric Kite, and Gareth H. Gareth, I sent you a message about your pint glass. Get at us with uh, with that information. And if Patreon is not your thing, you can also help the podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media, wherever that happens, and uh, find <laughs> yeah. all this information and more at alwayscheating.com. Josh, I don't know if you heard the news, but they changed the name of Twitter. They did. This is what's one of this, this is what's, this, what's this. What's name? the new name? <laughs> I can't yeah, say it. I can't, uh, no, I'm not allowed no, to it's say stupid. it. I know. I once I once. No, we, we will. We'll, we're going to call it Twitter forever until yeah. until it dies or uh, until he uh, sells it. I don't even know. Right. Uh, but it's a uh, that's that's a whole that's a separate. Yeah, that's, separate. Yeah, I know. Uh, what is the what is the social media network? I don't even Where am I supposed to be these days? Like Blue Sky, Twitter. I'm just still on Twitter. Just. Just whiling away, waiting for the waiting for the the next one. I, have you done the Threads thing yet? Like, have you have you have you joined Threads? I don't get it. It feels like it's like a it's like a <laughs> megaphone kind of social network where no one talks to each other. You just kind of uh-huh. blast things out. Is that that's kind of what? Yeah, that's I went on Threads and I, I I didn't really. It didn't serve any need for me. Yeah, uh, TikTok is is the one that everyone's that's talking true. about, right? TikTok yeah, is so, fun, uh, exactly. Yeah, I know. But All right, well, I'm not. I'm yeah. not on TikTok, so so that, that yeah. is, it's all lost on me. I'm. I'm. Uh, how can I get out of social media? Is the question I'm constantly asking myself, and stay in <laughs> podcast. Podcast is the only way I communicate with the outside world now. That's true. You're kind of a YouTube guy too. You like the. You like the. The tube yeah. of you, you're on there sometimes. I do like the, the YouTube. Does that qualify as social media? I mean, it's content generation. I guess it's it's of a piece. I'd say it's. It's veering closer and closer to being social media, especially as people, uh, you know, like live stream and people chat with each other in the live yeah, streams or ask true, questions. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it sort of feels like you're getting some of that Twitter type, type like interaction there. So yeah. anyway, Brandon, this is, that this is just bonus content for anyone who's still listening this far <laughs> into the pod. So uh, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, good luck this weekend. Yeah. Get on TikTok if you're not already. It's, it's. You know, maybe maybe they're stealing your data. I don't know, but it is a fun way to spend um, uh, thirty minutes when you want to turn your brain off at eleven p.m. So um, that's my final recommendation, along with Captain Sala and Green Week Seventeen. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. 
Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.